Hi, in our podcast, the Media Delcom Culture teams carry on deliberating upon the observations emerging in their draft country case studies. In this episode, we present the case of Estonia. This is a case full of paradoxes. Recently, Estonia jumped to the fourth standing in 2022 World Press Freedom Index rankings, passing even Finland. Literally a day after this news, the Court of Law fined two journalists and the media house for publishing an article about the former management of Swedbank being involved in the international money laundering. The prosecutor's office incriminated the journalists for disclosing criminal case file materials without the permission of the prosecutor. The court also agreed with the prosecution that there was no public interest in releasing the information. Still, there are two more court levels to go with that case. However, it has been perceived as a serious threat to press freedom in Estonia. In regards to our podcast episode, we have a bloke, Halike Harloit, Marilisa Parter and Ragnar Goats Clem talking about the findings. The two professors discuss some critical junctures related to teaching and researching journalism in Estonia. We also glance at the legal and ethical domain as well as at the media usage domain. Estonia Estonia is a peculiar case study because we were really successful until the beginning of the 21st century. But when we look at critical junctures, then I would say that since 2010, there have been different changes that rather have been creating risks. On one hand, Estonia, for example, got the fourth place concerning the press freedom this year. Then already in 2013, communication and media studies at the University of Tartu were ranked between 51 and 100 according to the QS World University ranking. In 2020, Tartu University was between 201 and 220. All these rankings, what we can be proud of, partly are based on these very good decisions which were made in 1990s. And at the same time, while writing our two reports, Estonian team has discovered several underlying risks. One aspect when we speak about our monitoring potentiality is related to the link between research, analysis and practical journalism. It has a long tradition that between academic research, academic education, and practical journalism and media organizations' leaders is a sort of um, controversy. In practice, there is a strong opinion against uh, academic education and academic research of journalism. The argument is that uh, critical journalism research is negative towards journalism practice. 
and that the best journalists are trained only in the editorial offices. Recently, I heard one of the former editors-in-chief and also a journalism educator saying that, uh, by his opinion, journalism is only a craft work and journalists are craftsmen and there is no such uh, thing as journalism studies or research in journalism because there is nothing to study. Why it's risky when media leaders think that uh, journalism is only a craft's work and journalists are craftsmen? Because nowadays they have to have different knowledge and skills than just craftsmen need. It includes uh, data journalism, it includes deeper analysis of uh, social processes and they have to be able to find necessary and relevant information in information flow that we are swimming in, so to say. This seems to be a sort of latent risk for future development of Estonian journalism and the quality of Estonian journalism. One interesting thing is that still the best practicing journalists in Estonia, including investigative journalists, are Tartu University graduates. There is another risk now that really has appeared within the past, let's say, um, six to eight years in journalism education. Tallinn University has optimized, rearranged the journalism education so that it doesn't exist independently anymore as a curriculum. Also in Tartu, the curriculum development has been moving towards the direction of combining journalism with other kinds of communication and the identity of journalism education and journalism studies starts, I would say, melting away. Quite a lot of these changes are related to economic conditions. I would like to point out three major reforms during the 21st century. One, of course, is the 3 plus 2 education, which split journalism education into two. We had to create bachelor program and master program. And finally, now our master program only provides short list of journalistic competencies and actually we are trying to educate journalists within three years and that seems to be not enough. The second reform was economical and that was done in 2013-14 and this was the reform when Estonian higher education became fully financed from the state budget which in reality meant the drop of available resources. At the same time, Estonian research financing was reformed so that practically now it is impossible to get any money for media research. None of these reforms included holistic multi-factor modeling of different consequences.
So, what is now the main result of our two case studies is that there are several underlying risks that are developing gradually. It is a kind of evolution towards cheaper system. While really competent and high-quality analysis is possible, the leaders of media organizations are not very interested in these results. Also, this discrepancy between researchers and media organizations makes the cooperation very difficult because there is not much willingness to allow researchers, for example, to the editorial offices, to observation research or to interview journalists. And journalists, in some cases, are also very cautious of saying critical things. There is also some differences between the generations. I can see younger people sometimes being more open to the research and journalism studies. I would like to point out the need to revisit the role of journalism. In the network area, where we have constant information overload, news journalism has lost its monopoly as news producer. So what is the most important role? This is data analysis, professional data analysis. And now we have to ask, how many journalists are capable to carry out analysis and also translate this analysis into good narratives. We cannot say that it is craft work. Data analysis is a competency that is the same as in social sciences, actually. So journalistic qualification is one of the key aspects of deliberative communication and deliberative democracy. What is important when we speak about Estonian two case studies is that there are small details, small aspects, which all together provide the holistic approach to this kind of risks that might not be visible in the first instance. But when we gather them all together, then we can point out tendencies. What is the situation of freedom of information and freedom of speech in Estonia? We have to look two parts. On one side, what is the normative situation, which we see is pretty good because we see Estonia in really high rankings from press freedom and media freedom. On the other hand, when we look on the practical sides of how things are done on agent level, from the cases we have been following currently, we see the pressure is rising for freedom of information and freedom of speech. So when normative side is pretty good, on agent level we have situations where freedom of information is not the main uh, driver for the decisions, uh, for example, for public sector. But we see, for example, loyalty or other issues covering this freedom of information, freedom of speech. So we have to ask who has freedom of speech in Estonia and how do we know what is the situation? We do not have extensive analysis over the situation. We have only cases that we can follow. And for example, for me, one of the 
good example of the situation is uh, requests for information from the public sector. We have now cases where it has been publicly said by the high-level agents in these institutions that requests for information from public sector workers is frowned upon because it is not loyal to the organizations they are working for. So do public sector workers in Estonia have freedom of information? Can they actually follow it or not? This is something to analyze further for our case. And one of the things is that Estonia is really small. That, that This is the reason why the influence of one agent is very big. usage domain. We have analyzed uh, several aspects and actually we see many risks and opportunities in Estonia regarding media usage habits, preferences and uh, patterns among uh, audiences. For example, when we talk about the Estonian media system, we see that we have a lot of different channels and high diversity of provision. So everyone can find the proper content, the proper channel to be informed about the um, topics in society. But on the other hand, it means that our um, people live in information savvy environment and it um, is really demanding to find really reliable content to understand what is uh, real news, what is fake. So our um, audiences uh, need to be really media literate and of course it is a risk because the audiences have a different preparation to be media literate. For example we can see generational gap between older and younger generations but we can see a gap between Estonian and the Russian language inhabitants in Estonia because their uh, media menus have been uh, historically different already. So we see that on the one hand the diversity of media channels is a really opportunity for people to be informed but on the other hand it is a risk that people are not able to choose the proper content. And of course uh, when we are interested in relevance of uh, news media particularly because we suppose that news media provides the most important information about society, about the politics, economy and other spheres, then we see that the interest in news media and usage of news media is really different uh, among different uh, audience groups and, uh, and we can find even these groups who uh, really are not interested in journalistic news or conventional news. They use mainly information they get from social media and it is uh, clearly related to the interests and preferences of people related to their hobbies, life worlds, etc. etc. In this sense we see that some groups who are mainly using social media, they are not 
well informed about society and they rather have a fragmented uh, knowledge about common things. And still, it is currently not too big problem because we see that traditional media or uh, journalism uh, as such, it has still high trust among audiences. Even uh, these people who do not follow, for example, TV news or read online newspapers, they uh, still trust journalistic production. In this sense, we can see that journalism has a really strong position in Estonian society when we talk about the media usage, but it can happen that they lose their position because Estonia as a, as a really small country do not have too much resources for production and when journalism produces low quality content then people do not trust this content anymore so we see that actually those people who lay more on social media news, they really think that probably real news media cannot provide important information. So it is this mutual relationship between audiences and media. So we see currently pretty promising situation, but the signs that the audiences will be more fragmented and less informed by journalism, that these tendencies are there. Estonia. This is it for today. I was Urmas Loit, the media telecom communication officer. In the next episode, We shall make an interlude, kind of theoretical, looking how would extreme expression fit into deliberative communication. Further on, we have four more country cases to go. So please, stay tuned.